Hello, and welcome back to Reaching Out with Michael Constable. I'm your host, Michael, and Reaching Out is a weekly podcast on a mission to make coming out easier through story sharing. In this week's episode, I chat with everyone's favorite gay internet complainer, Matt Belisai. Matt's a friend of mine who I met quite randomly a few years ago while I was coming out, and we go through that whole story. We also dive into how Matt first came out to his best friend through Facebook chat while at work, including a dramatic reading of the exact Facebook messages from 2011. Also, we dive into what surprised Matt most about being gay once he came out. Check it out. Okay, bye. Okay, I am so excited for this very special guest. Um, You might know this person from, uh, honestly, like an overwhelmingly long list of amazing things that he does. You might know him from his very popular BuzzFeed web series, Wine About It. You might know him from his book that he wrote with his actual hands, Everything is Awful, and other observations. You might also know him from one of his many web series, To Be Honest, which I am currently sporting some merch, <laughs> and uh, Bitching Baking, which was a that came out of COVID, I believe. And I don't think this one has a name because it's newer, but I'm calling it Bitching in Bed. Bitching from bed. Also, you might know him. You might have seen him on one of his comedy tours. He recently started touring again and was in Denver and Phoenix, which are both famously not San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which we might have to talk about. Also, you might know him from his podcast, Unhappy Hour, uh, which is hilarious. And I just recently re listened to the Murray Faustin episode. And last but certainly not least, you might know him as the internet troll in my Instagram comment. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is none other than Matt Bellasai. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. I like, I had to hear you list all of my accomplishments yep. because I don't believe them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, it was a, that was a long list. That was probably like a minute of me talking. Yeah. <laughs> Done some- I, Especially the last year and a half, feel like I do absolutely nothing but sit around. So it's nice to hear them all read out. I mean, but yeah, I, I think the, the thing that blows my mind the most is that you've written a book and you're my age. I'm just like, what am I doing? Yeah, I still don't really <laughs> believe that. I mean, I really I, shit that thing out, though. Let's be real. I have a hard copy, so I know you actually did it. <laughs> That's true. I give you a signed copy. You, did. Of my you signed book. it in front of me at breakfast. I um, did. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on, Matt. Um, I typically like to start out by just making sure, setting the stage so the audience knows um, how our our guests identify with their sexual orientation and their pronouns. Uh-huh. However, I found from, I found online how, I found these out online because that's <laughs> what happens when you do all these cool things. People, there's things online about you. I yeah. did, so I did, I, re, I read that your sexual, sexual orientation self-described so this is a self-described is big old gay. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That sounds accurate. And pronoun, pronouns are he, him, or that bitch. <laughs> I don't even remember when I wrote these things. Honestly, I wrote this long, ridiculous bio at one point, And it was on, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I think I just places you perform at a comedy club or whatever and they'll ask you to send a bio beforehand and at one point I wrote this long ridiculous one that now they use it is clearly fake and they continue to use it 
it says that I was like born in Egypt, <laughs> <laughs> that I have like a family of gerbils. It is so weird. Wait, and I don't. Where did it come from? Did you, you wrote it as a joke and then people just took it? I thought, it, I think I wrote it like, it like maybe back in my BuzzFeed days for something. And yeah, they keep using it. I've, I performed at a college once and they read it out in front of like in front of the crowd before I came out and I was like no no that's not what this is for that that's unfortunate how do we how do we fix that maybe I don't know I, I just need to write a different bio and put it very prominently I that's also hard though it's true I'm very bad at at writing about myself that's not true actually that's what my entire book is about <laughs> it does, yeah it's true but my, someone recently told me, cause I'm not in the habit of, of Googling myself uh, frequently. Yeah. Um, in the Tracy Jordan sense. In the Tracy yes. Jordan sense. <laughs> Liz Lemon, can I go Google myself in her office? <laughs> How else are you gonna do it? <laughs> but someone told me that my Wikipedia page says that I, I consider that I'm identify as gay and that I consider Honey Boo Boo and Ellen DeGeneres as gay icons. Matt, you speak, <laughs> you just, I was going to lead into that. I literally have it was in my that notes. that the thing? I have, no, that's, that's one of the two things. So I, just for the listeners to understand, or to understand, I told, I let Matt know before we started recording that I did some light internet browsing beforehand mm -hmm. and I found some really fun things. And one of the fun things was that Matt has his own Wikipedia page. And I literally, <laughs> the I copy and pasted part of it um, in my notes. And the part that I copy and pasted was, Belisai is gay. He attended a pride parade for the first time at the age of 19. He considers Honey Boo Boo and Ellen DeGeneres as LGBTQ icons. And that one's cited. And that's where I found, I think that's, that's and actually, wait, that's how I found the pronouns your orientation and something we're going to get into later, which ties back perfectly to this podcast. But Wikipedia, uh -huh. this, the citations in your Wikipedia page led me on this little internet hunt. I have no idea who wrote that. I don't know where those details came from. <laughs> I don't know. I was obsessed with Honey Boo Boo, though. That was... I remember, I feel like I remember, that's when I maybe first, like, started getting to know you and, like, you know, following your online was like, I remember a lot of Honey Boo Boo. Right. My personal Facebook page that I have not touched in like 10 years is my cover photo is still Honey Boo Boo. Like at the height, because Honey Boo Boo is probably dead now. I don't even think. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I feel like I actually saw her like photos of her recently and Mama June on like Twitter or something. I guess they're, they're probably still doing their thing. Probably. Um, yeah, but anyways, I'm so happy you brought up Wikipedia because I was about to like two seconds later. <laughs> um, Matt, so I think well, before we get into your coming out story, which I'm excited to hear because I, I don't think we've ever talked about your coming yeah, out. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I know like where you grew up and stuff, but um, that's about it. Um, one thing I want to talk about is how you and I know each other, how we met, because it's, it's yeah. really interesting to me. You know, let's bring it back to me. Obviously, we've talked about you for like 10 minutes now. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Um, when I met you, it was like an extremely interesting time in my coming out journey. Yeah. It was like 2018. This was, I met, we met in December of 2018, I remember. Um, and that was like three months after I started coming out. And so I met you at this really interesting time in my life. And um, I just think the whole way we met was really interesting too. Um, 
I'm curious. Well, I guess I'll, I'll add some context to this too, because it kind of ties back to, I'm kind of like adding some more color to, I did my coming out stories episode one. Mm-hmm. And part of my, uh, part of what was in episode one ties into how Matt and I met. So I'm going to kind of like connect this bridge really quick. So in episode one, I talked about there was this point when I was coming out, it was in 2018, a few months, probably like September, a few months after I started coming out, I was coming out and I came out in uh, like July. And so I hit this point where I was back in Austin and I was at like this travel blogger conference because that's what I was trying to do at the time. And that's when you met me. That's what I was doing. Um, Taking like photos everywhere. And I like was at this point where I was like, I had nobody to talk to that I felt like I could talk to like I like a gay friend who has been through it, but somebody who I didn't really know because I, I wasn't ready to tell people that I tell everyone that I knew yet. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up reaching out to this, this guy from remote year, Ray, who he, I, we'd maybe chatted once, but had no, no connection. And I was just like, he seems like a guy that would be like really nice to like talk to. And so mm-hmm. I reached out to him and he was like, amazing. He chatted with me, like talked me down, like, all this stuff. And then eventually him and my friend, Jen, were going to be, they were on our remote year group at the time. They were in Mexico city in December. And both of them were like, you should come out here. I, and I had nowhere to be. So I was like, sure, why not? And so I fly out to Mexico city in December to go stay with them. And lo and behold, that's when I meet you in yeah. Mexico city, my favorite place in the world. I meet you. Yeah. Do we want to, do we want to, I want to, I want I'm curious like what your take on that whole situation was. Maybe you can explain it from here. I was visiting my my friend uh, Ariel, who was uh, also on remote year, um, and like besties with with Ray, and she invited me. They were like, "We're getting this weird Airbnb that is shaped like a snake. That it was like this landmark in Mexico City. That since we stayed there, Dua Lipa has stayed there. It's become." It's become a quite a spot in Mexico. I forgot City. about that. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, she invited me to come out for like a few days. And I thought it was gonna be like me, her, and Ray. And then I got there and she was like, Oh, by the way, Ray is bringing a couple people. And I was like, Who the fuck are these people who are coming along on our trip? Um, and I think we picked you up at the airport, maybe. No, I definitely met oh, no, 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 no. You came in. I remember, I remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my first impression was who is this straight frat bro? <laughs> I had no idea when well, we started talking about drag race a little bit in the car and Ray said something like, oh, Michael, I can introduce you to drag race now. Like we can watch it. So I was like, maybe picking up on some context clues, but I didn't, I just assumed that you were like a bro. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't realize you didn't know that I was coming out or was gay. No, oh I didn't God. even know you would be I there. I was I like, assumed, who the fuck is this? I just assumed Ray had like given a little bit of like a heads up to. No, I didn't Ariel. even know Ray. That was when I met Ray. Like I, I was going in fully blind. Got it. Oh, that's so funny. That makes this even better. I love it. Yeah. But then we all stayed at this weird snake house for a few days and got to know one another and then just kept in touch and kept being friends. Yeah. Wait. That's so true. And also I, you kind of glossed over this, but I think you, I give you a lot of credit for this. I give Ray credit too, but you two were the first people to introduce me to drag race. And yeah. I think we had, like we were using, we we're using like the Netflix in Mexico. So there's very limited options. So there's like 
one season. I don't even think it was like the newest one. It was like season nine, I think. Yeah. And so I started with season nine and I like, I remember like instantly I was like, wait, this show, like, I get it. I get why people watch it like religiously. That was the Trinity, the Tuck season. That was Trinity Tuck. And that's when I, I loved, I remember loving Valentina and the whole, like, I'd like to keep the mask on, please. Right. Uh, and that's when I was really, I was a big Shea Coulee fan. Yeah. Season. And I was like really sad when Sasha beat her. Um, but I feel like she got some like retribution when she won All-Stars 4, so. Right, right. Spoiler alert. Oh, shoot. Whoops. <laughs> well, I feel like it's been like five seasons since then. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Everyone snap, knows. You know, there's a period there where you're allowed to spoil. But yeah, so you were just, it was a really interesting time. And I just, it's, I find it really funny now looking back that I met you at that, at that juncture um, of my coming out. And I'm not, I find it even funnier now knowing that you didn't know I was coming out or was gay at the time. <laughs> yeah, I did not know like what stage of the journey you were on. Cause then I remember, I mean, yeah, it was like months later when you visited New York and that was like the first time that we really like sat down and really like got to know one another one-on-one. And I think that's when I learned like, oh, you were like freshly out the closet and like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's so funny. I just like, I think I just went into it assuming that like Ray had told at least Ariel, like what was the situation? <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he told her, but it didn't, it didn't make its way through, through the grapevine. Well, yeah, I just thought that's a fun story to share. Cause like people always ask me like, how do you know Matt Belisai? And I, I'm just like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not going to go through that whole story. <laughs> yeah. It is a very convoluted, weird serendipitous snake house and then you have to like explain that like <laughs> yeah it was it was weird yeah it was truly like fantasy land and so I guess in terms of your coming out story as we transition into your story I know I know you grew up but I haven't like heard any of the details so I'm super excited to hear about it I'll tell the audience for you I guess I know you grew up outside of Chicago right uh-huh uh-huh in the burbs and so is that where it all started to to kind of Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I guess. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I know. I was you... born straight. As we know, <laughs> being gay is a choice. <laughs> so just to be clear, um, where I stand. No. No. Um, yeah. I know. I know your intended audience for this podcast is like perhaps baby gays who who would like inspiration. So I'll try not to be too much of a of a clown, even no, no, though that I'm, is my default. Clown away. This is we're going for okay. authenticity here. So good, good. Be your authentic fool yeah. self is what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I grew up outside of Chicago uh, in the suburbs. I would say it's very like middle of the road, not like conservative, not super liberal either. I like I don't really remember any any like strong feelings about gay people coming from like my family or friends or anybody like that. I mean, it was like, you know, I'm I'm like a 90s, early 2000s. Like that was my coming of age, I guess. So like, yeah, the culture reinforced everything, which was like gay people were a joke and like Will and Grace and all of that stuff. So like th those kind of sentiments were definitely like around, but yeah, my family definitely not like conservative. Uh, 
sort of religious, but like, not really. <laughs> like my family, like occasionally went to church, but like not that strongly. So enough so that like when I first started thinking of, about gay stuff, I was like, I could easily tear them down if I had to. <laughs> I was like, you guys, I, I still thought about like my aunts and uncles who were like, oh, if they are not really on board, I'd be like, you're divorced. You didn't get divorced <laughs> until and you were dating this person. And so I was like, I knew the, the laws of the church well enough yeah. to be able to fight back. Wait, that's um, <laughs> But yeah, I, so that was like the, the context, the environment. Um, I was always, yeah, just like a nerdy, I guess kind of feminine kid, maybe. I don't know, not really. See, this is where people will learn that I am also very inarticulate. I was listening to your first episode yeah. where you're like, I can't speak. Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, even though I have my own podcast, I, I can barely form sentences. <laughs> But yeah, I, so I never, I, I never felt like I was like outwardly a very like gay acting child. My family might disagree. I definitely was, <laughs> I probably towed the line a little bit. Oh yeah. You go um, see like some video home videos or some pictures on the <laughs> family wall. And I'm sure that'll tell a different story. Yeah. There is one picture that I think is in my book somewhere. And there's like a photo section in the middle um, where I'm wearing like a full blown dress and, and like heels. Um, but so we're all, it was like all the neighborhood kids were playing dress up. So it wasn't just me. So your drag, your drag, like. That was my drag career. Started yeah. at early age. But I think growing up, I definitely was, I always felt like the kind of like nerdy, socially awkward part of me was like the most prominent so that when I kind of, you know, started going through puberty, because that's the time, you know. Oh, also before that, I was like, I like had a girlfriend, air quotes, in like third grade. <laughs> so like, like elementary school, I definitely like didn't, I like liked a girl and like went through that whole thing. And like, you know, I, I don't think I thought like, oh, I'm gay until puberty. And so when that all started, um, yeah, my first, I, I remember the first time that I ever, the, the moment was I, I was about to start high school and I was on like allposters.com because <laughs> I was, look, I was like, I'm going to be a high schooler. I need to have like posters on my walls. It's, I'm, I'm growing up. And I remember there was a section that had like college posters and I went into that. And then there was like, you know, it started getting into like sexy posters. And there was, there was two links, it said like hot girls. And then underneath it, it said hot guys. <laughs> and I went through the hot girls, but then I was like, I kind of just want to check out, Let, let's just browse. Let's just see what the hot guys thing is about. And that was definitely the first time, like I just so vividly remember that moment of, of clicking that and being like, oh, this is my section. Yeah. <laughs> and that used to be like for several days after that, I would like go back to that section and still in, compare and 
that was my my first foray yeah so is this like pre any sort of like googling secret googling or anything like that like no that was like truly the beginning of it yeah yeah middle school I don't think I I that's like I went through my sort of like puberty moments at the end of middle school then it was truly like that kind of summer before high school started where I was learning all of it all of it yeah which I guess is a little you know on the later side but my I don't know I I don't think any I feel like it's kind of that doesn't seem super you know that seems kind of like on track I guess (laughs) yeah I guess so nobody in my my middle school was like that sexually aggressive I do remember I think in eighth grade there might have been one kid in eighth grade who talked about how his mom walked in on him and I like didn't really know what that meant. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I was laughing along with everybody else. Yeah. But then that summer I discovered. Discovered quickly, yeah. Yeah. So then what happened? What happens when we go to high school? I think the overall theme was like. There was never any point, I don't think so, it doesn't stand out to me, uh, any point at which I was like, I'm not gay. Like, this is, I'm going to try to convince myself otherwise. Really? I don't think so. I was trying to think of it before this. I was like, I I don't know. After that, I just kind of accepted, like, all right, this is definitely the the hot guy posters are the more appealing posters. <laughs> I've sort of accepted this. Maybe there, like, briefly was a period of, like, okay, should we try, like, ignoring that and keep going down the other way? But, like, if there was, that didn't last very long. Oh, that's so interesting. But I definitely, like, suppressed all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Because then it's still, like, then going into high school and, like, puberty, I was, you know, I was just, like, a nerd and I was awkward and, like, I was able to sort of hide behind that and use that as a sort of, like, shield, a barrier to be, like, no, of course I'm not dating girls. Like, I'm a nerd. I don't I don't talk to girls. It was so, it was never a question of, like, uh-oh, he must be gay because he's not talking to girls. Wait, that's so interesting. So, like, you... You weren't fighting it in your head. You just like weren't ready to share it with other people. Right. I guess so. Yeah. I just kind of suppressed all of it, which is super healthy. Highly recommend. <laughs> God. Still unpacking, unpacking stuff from all the suppression, I'm sure. I also remember um there was a girl in high school, because we didn't, I like didn't know any gay people. There's no gay people you know my family at the time there was no like real gay classmates but there was one girl in high school she went by madonna i don't know if that was her real name but she got suspended for something i don't know she was a troubled youth and she got suspended for something and claimed that it was because she was a lesbian and then went on this whole like school-wide campaign where she made flyers that said free Madonna and she made like pins for everybody. And I was like, this is so obnoxious. (laughs) 
at the time I just, I was like, this, this is what it means to be gay. And like you, this is so loud and obnoxious. And like, I, I don't want that to be me. Uh, so I feel like that even forced me more to be like, no, I have to kind of suppress this. I can't share it. Um, but yeah, throughout all of it, it was definitely like, I never at any point was like, no, I'm going to try to date a girl. Yeah, that was never happening. So that's so that's so interesting. So when Madonna was going on her campaign, it's like you're like I can't come out because then people are gonna automatically just link us together and assume that that you know just group me in that. Um, right. Like I don't want that. So that kind of kept you more or so cont- kept you continuing to suppress. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the problem of a, you know, you only know you only see the most like obvious flamboyant out there people when everybody is, everybody else is able to kind of pass. So like at the time when that seemed like the worst possible thing is to like be out there, be flamboyant, be like clockable as a homo. It was like, oh no, I don't want to be that. Now, of course I'm like, who cares? I'll be the biggest peacock that I can be. But like in that moment, when you're still not out, it's like, and I think it, that's what this point is really relatable. I feel like to people who don't have other, like you, like you mentioned, you didn't have any gay family members at the time. There were no other gay people in your school at the time, besides, I guess, Madonna. When you, and when you, when you have, when your only frame of reference is something that you don't like identify with or don't like see yourself in or, you know, it's going to tempt you to like stay in the closet even more and suppress even more. And like, I didn't have that situation with, with Madonna, but very similar. It's like when, when you only see certain versions of, of gay people represented and you don't identify with that, it's like either, well, for me, it was actually like, oh, then I don't know what I am. Cause if that's what gay is, then I don't know like what I am. Cause I don't think that's me. Um, yeah. It's like you, in your case, you know, that's you, but you don't want, at least, you know, that you're gay, but you don't want to be grouped in with that I guess right which is yeah it's an interesting like it's similar but it's an interesting like perspective shift that I hadn't thought about before yeah no I just I wanted to like fly under the radar and not be not be lumped in yeah because yeah I'm I'm sure if I went back and, and we took a survey of everybody I went to high school with there was probably so many other gay people which is probably true for everybody, right? But it's like, yeah, you only, it was only the couple of gays that like really stood out. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to stand out. This is yeah. not for me. Oh yeah, I was like, I think, I don't know if you're like this, but the goal is like fit in. I don't want it to fit in over anything. And so exactly what you're, you're kind of talking about. Yeah, to be fair, and I will proudly come out as um, the first socially awkward nerd loser on your podcast. Cause I've listened to your other episodes and all of these other people that you're talking to are like so cool. And we're probably like, you know, super popular in high school. But I'm, I'm here to represent people who weren't football captains in high school. <laughs> and that is a direct attack. You're going to drag me for that one for literally forever aren't you (laughs) yeah no I was in I remember because like that was the other thing I hid behind in high school like I was overachiever I was that obnoxious kid who was like in every AP class I was like 
you know, editor in chief of the paper, I like wanted to do all these, all these things. And I was like, of course, I don't have time to date anybody. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, my studies are far too important. But I was in art club, which was basically the gay club. And because the same teacher who was the advisor for the art club was also the advisor. They started that year a gay straight alliance, which used to be a big deal. I don't even know if they have them anymore. Oh my gosh. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of the gay straight alliance? So <laughs> I I think it's like very much maybe high schools still have them, but now I just imagine every high school is like uh what's that show on HBO? Uh, Zendaya. Euphoria. 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 I just assume every high school is euphoria. Yes. But no, the Gay Straight Alliance. Yeah, I feel like it was a very like mid-2000s kind of thing, which was like for gay people and their friends to get together. And it was, but I was like, no, I can't join. I re- I literally remember my friend asking me if I would if I would join it, and I was like, no. And she was like, I get it. You're not comfortable enough in your sexuality. <laughs> oh. She literally said that. And she was the type of person to like, very like snarky, sarcastic. So I didn't take too much from it. But I was like, all right, I see you, bitch. <laughs> That's amazing. Then are we, where are we at, where are you at the end of high school, like with, with everything Have you? Yeah, this is all preamble. I've, I haven't even gotten close to my coming out story, have I? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's fast forward. So I came well, if out. Any, if there's any key, key moments, we don't, I don't want to fast forward over that. Not really. Like I really did like hide behind that type of thing like I went to prom with girls like I you know I did that whole thing and throughout high school um but it was still very much like and I remember my like best friend in high school who's a girl uh I knew that she liked me as more than a friend like she I feel so bad in retrospect there are so many times that like she tried to tell me and I just really leaned into pretending like I had no idea what she was talking about, like just being completely clueless. Yeah. And in retrospect, I like cringe to think about how awful it must have been. I'm picturing that scene at 30 Rock where Chris, uh, James Marsden is like professing his love to Liz and she like is very non-committal. She's just like, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> right. That was absolutely me. Like there were so many times when she tried to like explicitly be like, I like you as more than a friend. And I'd be like, yeah, that it's it's crazy how much homework we have. (laughs) It would be like, I just kind of pretend like I didn't hear what she was saying at all. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But yeah, I I get that. That also like when you talked about going to prom, like dancing at proms with girls was... I I was like I want why is everyone so into this I don't get it <laughs> it's like the awkward like yeah. front to back situation and you're just like hands on the hips <laughs> my nightmare my actual nightmare yeah I I remember prom night because we all got like a limo so there was like a whole group of people and all of us had to 
I didn't even know this was a thing until the moment it happened, but everybody had to go. You would like take your date's garter off. We were like, so how old married. are you? <laughs> You're like 17 years old. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to take this piece of lingerie off my, off my friend. <laughs> and yeah, I just remember she like, everybody else was doing it in, in the limo. And I was kind of like, oh fuck, go oh, fuck, go oh, fuck. She's going to expect me to have to do it. Yeah. And then she like tapped on my shoulder and like pointed downwards. And I was like, <laughs> very suggestive. That is very suggestive. Yeah. So it's very awkward night. Wait, that's, I've never heard of that. That seems like a wedding thing to me. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Apparently it's a prom thing. Oh my gosh, okay. That's traumatizing in its own way. <laughs> yeah, I think I still have it. Then you like keep it as a souvenir. Oh, so you still have it? Probably somewhere in my like oh, childhood really bedroom. Right now I saw. <laughs> I still wear it every day as a stark reminder of my past. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess like then I, I went to college and I was still not out in college. I was still like, yeah, I just really until I came out was very like, I guess just outwardly like not acknowledging sexuality like at all. And like same thing in, in college, like all of my friends were also kind of like nerdy types who I was like, it's not like that was the culture that we like participated in really like I guess we were like I we went to parties and frat parties and stuff like that but it wasn't like you know there was not any pressure on me to be like okay you got to get a girlfriend so it was easy to kind of fly under the radar there um and yeah it really came to a head and I wrote I wrote a whole thing about this in my book and like I don't know, it's probably on BuzzFeed. I think they excerpted it if if people want to read it. But I I my like best friend in college um was this guy who I, I like absolutely fell in love with. I was like classic case of falling in love with your straight best friend. It is the gay man's kryptonite. Um, but I just like fell for this fantasy of being like, I he he also like seemed kind of gay and he was from Texas and like a conservative family. So I, I sort of was able to be like, well, obviously he just like can't admit it to himself and like, you know, but we're both like, we both know it, it with, with each other. And this is like the ideal scenario is that we just kind of skip the whole coming out process together. And then like, we fall in love it's and it's perfect. Boyfriends. Yeah. 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 We could we could skip all of that nonsense, um, but absolutely not. This these <laughs> were the fantasies of a of an eighteen year old, and yeah, it sort of came came to a head when I I just started getting like very, like he started dating a girl and I was like clearly very jealous and it would it would manifest in a lot of different ways of me being like a dick. Uh, <laughs> And not like at no point admitting like, oh, this is because I'm madly in love with you. Yeah. Just because it's just because ugh, you're not giving me enough attention. You're giving yeah. your bitch girlfriend attention. Angry uh, ex non-boyfriend. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hello, friendship is more important, actually. Yeah. I actually, this you. is how deranged it actually got. This is more 
more humiliating than anything, I think, to actually admit. <laughs> I, I literally wrote a college paper. I was in a class about Shakespeare and I forget what Shakespeare play it was about, but it was about like, one of the fucking plays is about like a guy who falls in love with his friend um, and is like jealous when this person is getting married. And there's this question of like, what is more important, like a friendship or a romantic relationship? And I literally wrote an essay with this whole, my whole scenario in mind about like why f- uh, the bond between friends is actually more powerful than a romantic oh, relationship. Yeah. Yes. Is that in the cloud somewhere? Can you like send that to me? I want to read it. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure I have it somewhere. Yeah. I can just picture you like Matt Belisai scoring, just like <laughs> scoring from his straight, his straight best friend. Who's just girl. channeling it all into yeah. a, a cited five paragraph essay. Furiously clacking away on his keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, finally, it wasn't until the summer bef- before my senior year when I was, uh, I, just turned 21 or I was just about to turn 21 that was it was so summer 2011 that finally I was like the only way that I like you know my friend was with his girlfriend and I was like the only way that I'm really going to like be happy like they are is like, I I have to come out. I have to stop putting it off. It has to happen at some point. I need to do it um, so that I can get out there and like be gay and do my gay things. And I was like, I know the first person I have to tell is my mom because my mom would be more upset that I told someone else first than she would by the actual news. She'd be more, she'd be more like, how could you? Like, I don't care. But the fact that you told so-and-so first. Right. Yeah. Uh, also the fact that it was 2011, maybe this is similar for you, but uh, everything is digitized. Every, every, I literally in preparation, but also when I was writing my book, I went back through my like Facebook messages to the first friends that I told. And it's all in all of its cringe glory, like fully (laughs) archived on Facebook. So yeah, but the first person before I told my mom, I like, I wrote this whole long letter. This, that was my strategy. It was like, I'm going to write this whole long letter explaining how I'm gay and I've always known this and like, you know, I hope you can accept it. It was very dramatic. Uh, and I was gonna, I, I thought like it would be easiest if I printed it out and just handed it to her and then I wouldn't have to say anything out loud. She could just read it. Yeah. Um, but before I did that, I like psyched myself up by telling my best friend at the time or another best friend um, over a Facebook chat because I was working I was interning that summer and so I was like at my job during the day and I started chatting her (laughs) and yeah I have I was trying to find I couldn't it's really hard to go back 10 years on a Facebook chat that is a lot of scrolling but I do remember I didn't I didn't want to say it outright so I asked her like has the is there anything you really wanted to ask me like if you could ask me anything oh my gosh so you 
you opened it with a question to her. <laughs> yeah, I like baited her into asking the question just so I could say yes or no. <laughs> um, and it like took it took a few tries, but finally she was like, "Oh, is it that you like boys?" And I was like, "And what if I do?" And she was like, "You know, I don't care." <laughs> um, so it was like that. Obviously, that friend was very supportive and like helped ease ease that process. And I was like, "All right, you're the first person I'm telling, but I'm gonna tell my mom." And I'm like, you know, very nervous about it. And I feel like I feel like it's it, like you mentioned. It's so hard at first. The first couple. I mean, actually, I mean, I even after a couple, it was still hard. But like, just to vocalize coming out, like to say to someone you're gay. Like for me, I couldn't even say gay. I had to say. My line was, I'm in the process of coming out. I couldn't say gay. Like it took, it was probably like months into it after I told my parents before I could actually say like, I'm gay. It was like, I'm in the process of coming out. Well, that right. was my thing. Yeah. It just sounds like vocalize. something your attorney has told you. Yeah. To <laughs> it sounds very like, yeah. Like someone has told me what to say. I'm reading my lines, going by the script. Uh, it's definitely giving that vibes. Um, but yeah, I also feel like, the letter or like writing it versus saying it too is like another way even if you can't say gay it's like I feel like a lot of coming out stories that I've heard is like people writing emails to their family leaving a note on you know their bed or something like that like that sort of thing or Facebook messenger too that was when Facebook yeah. messenger was like a, a main form of communication I remember I know that's why it's so hard to go through like I'm still scrolling on my screen to get back to around when I would have sent these messages. It was it was August 2011. I remember that because that was my birthday month. And yeah, I wish I could find them just so I could do a dramatic reading. I know that would be really excellent, actually. Where are you now in the timeline? I'm on August 16th and I have to get to the beginning of August, but it's so... You're like chatting all day at work. So there's like lots. Right. Literally <laughs> for like months. Is it, do you think it's still there? It's still, I'm, I'm getting farther back. We're on August 15th. Oh my God. That was one day of scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was so much. Okay. So I worked for the summer uh, at the Northwestern Law School in Chicago. And because uh, I thought- I thought I was going to go to law school. Um, big mistake. I so I. Oh. That's what <laughs> yeah, that, I, a lawyer is just like, I can't, I can't. I was literally a journalism slash political science major. This is what I spent a hundred thousand dollars on and, and that I'm still paying my loans off to get. And now I'm a clown for, for money. <laughs> and yeah, so I was like, I, I should go work at the law school and then at least I'll like be in that environment and get to see like law students and immediately the first day I was like everybody here wants to fully murder themselves <laughs> this is not an environment I want to be in ever wait I think I found it oh my god no way oh god it is so cringy though wait, it, you found it though yeah <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you proofread it first before you share. Okay. So I was talking to her this, I guess it was like a week before I told my mom, 
I said, I have something important to tell you. I don't know how, it, know if I should tell you on Facebook. It's not about you. Don't worry. <laughs> and she said some stuff. And then I said, if you could ask me one question and get a perfectly honest answer, anything, no matter how personal or private, <laughs> what would you ask? This is clearly setting up for only one possible question. Just one question. And she said, I don't have one. I'm under the impression that you answer honestly every time I ask you something. <laughs> She's not buying it. Uh, she said, what do you want me to ask you? <laughs> and I said, I guess it's just really personal and I've never told anyone before, so I don't know how to say it. And she said, it has something to do with my straight best friend. And I was like, no. She, she had a couple of, <laughs> and she said, you like boys, question mark. And then I said, what if that were kind of maybe true? <laughs> and she'd say, I'd say it doesn't change anything. Oh. And I said, so that's it. That's your reaction. <laughs> oh my gosh. What do you want? <laughs> you want, you want theatrics. And she said, yeah, I'm not sure how you'd expect me to react. And I was like, I don't know. I've never told that to anybody before, so I don't really know what to expect. Sorry if this girl talk is too intense for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then she said, you better not be messing with me because it wouldn't be funny. And then I said, I'm not, I swear. I don't think a straight guy would mess around, like would joke about them being gay. No, yeah, this is at the height of the uh, someone typing I'm gay on your Facebook was like the most devastating oh thing you could gosh. possibly do. I, I can feel my heart about to explode just by hearing you say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the gist. Wasn't that so worth the wait? Wait, that was. I, that, <laughs> I mean, I can see how you would feel like cringy by that, but I think that was like really sweet and cute, actually. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna tell my mom. And so I wrote my mom this whole long letter uh, and I like psyched myself up. I did do the same thing with her where I was like, is there anything that you wanna ask me? In person? <laughs> yeah. Oh, cause you I were sat gonna, down. You said you were gonna write a letter, but you, so you decided to not do that. It was like, my, my strategy was have the letter ready. Say, say like, I'm gay or she would say, you're gay and I'd be like yeah and then I would hand it I would hand the letter to her and I did and I was like fully sobbing and you don't I, re I remember my mom being like why are you crying so much and it is like a weird thing because it's it's not sadness obviously but I don't know it's just like this overwhelming sense of like you're so nervous and you don't really know what's going to happen and like obviously this is a moment that you've like thought about so much and you don't it was just this outpouring and yeah my mom was definitely like supportive I think she was more just like taken aback a little bit yeah even though now, years later, she claims like, oh, I always knew. And like, and I was like, okay, sure. Your gaydar is famously, <laughs> famously <laughs> pretty faulty. Yeah. I do remember there was one time, this is backtracking a little bit, but that she, um, she was talking to me on the phone once uh, when I was in college and she said something like, 
you know, if you're this before I came out, she was like, if you like, I would support either you or your brother if you ever like, if you were gay. And I just like said the thing that I always say when my mom said something ridiculous that I was like, I was like, okay, good to know, you know, like enough. But she called me after that and was like, you said good to know after I told you, like, what did you mean by that? And I was like, I was just dismissing you. It's just like, good to know. You just say that to someone so that they stop talking. All right, good to know. But then she cited that after I came out. She was like, I knew, I knew then. I was like, okay, maybe I was subliminally like signaling, but I think, I no. Might, <laughs> I might give her Gator a little bit of credit with that. Cause like the follow-up call kind of makes you think, at least hearing the story, maybe it was different experiencing it, but maybe. I just, as someone who knows my mother, who is notoriously guilty of like reading into everything, I'm like, I truly didn't mean anything by this. I'm just like, I, I just said it. It was another case of that, but yeah, in that case, I guess she hit the mark, but that was more luck, yeah. I say. Okay, well, that's fair. So anyway, I give her the letter. You're 21 as well, right? I'm 21. Yeah. I give her the letter. She still cites it as, as like the letter. I don't truly could not tell you what is in it. I've never looked at it since. I don't know where the original is stored. It's on some old laptop, but she'll still, she won't even say like when you came out, she'll say like, you know, after your letter or like when you wrote the letter. <laughs> um, so we were coded in this household. Yeah, it's like instead of in the process of coming out, it's in the process of letter. Right, yeah. <laughs> I do remember the big thing being like, I was more afraid to tell my dad, like my mom I knew would be fine, but it was like my dad and my, my brother that were the two that I was like, I don't know, this could go either way. And to this day, my mom is the only one that I actually told like directly uh because then it was my brother had seen stuff that I'd posted like online and my my he told my mom like hey Matthew's been posting some gay shit <laughs> <laughs> wait how 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 far between you coming out to your mom and you posting gay shit was this probably like Actually, it was probably like a year. Oh, wow. There was like a fair amount of time where it was like just my mom who knew in, in terms wow. of like my family. Yeah. Because then when I went back to college, because this was like the summer before my senior year, when I went back to college, it was like, all right, I'm like, you know, I feel fine telling everybody now. Um, like I'm, I told my straight best friend and was like, don't worry, I'm not into you, even though I literally am in love with you. I wrote and Shakespearean <laughs> paper. Right. We like, we went to like, we went to the gay bars like in downtown Chicago and, and like everybody, we all went out together. It was like very, that was the, that was the first time that I vomited from throwing up was at, in because of Roscoe's in Chicago. It was my first gay bar experience. They had pitchers of Long Island iced teas. And I 
threw up everywhere that night. Wait, that's so cool that you, I love that you lived in a city like Chicago as you were kind of coming out so you could like go to the gay bars. I know even if I were to come out in, in college, I don't think they're in East Lansing, Michigan. I don't think there are many, maybe there are now. And maybe, maybe, know, maybe now, yeah. Definitely was not on my radar then. So I couldn't, I couldn't confirm, but like, I feel like coming out in a big city like Chicago would be pretty cool. Like a, because of that experience, there's probably just like more things to do, um, like gay things to do. Yeah, I, I it definitely, I think just like in the background, at least made everything easier. Cause yeah, I like, I knew that those places existed. I knew I was in a place where they existed. And so like, it was a little less frightening. And also, yeah, like Boys Town in Chicago, first of all, called Boys Town, like that's the name of the city uh, or the neighborhood. It's like, you go there, even if you don't go to a gay bar, they're like, everybody is gay. <laughs> like you walk down the street and everybody is gay. And just having that experience and being able to like, just see that definitely where it's not like, okay, it's not just people with free Madonna pins. <laughs> There's everybody, everybody exists. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need a free Madonna pin. Don't you understand? I do, We sh I should bring them back. I should, I should market free Madonna pins. Good. Um, wait, I think that's really cool. And I, I agree. I feel like when you, when, especially when you see a gay, like a gay neighborhood or a gay neighborhood, it's like, and everybody's gay. I like didn't even know these places existed. And when you like finally get into one, especially like after you come out, it's like, wait, everybody is just gay. Like, yeah, there's no, you don't have to like worry about like, if you're being too gay or if you're, you know, doing gay things around people who might not like, like, there's just none of that. And it just kind of like all any sort of like inhibitions and, you know, like walls you have put up, you know, like you, for you, I guess it was like the facade of like being the nerd and stuff. Right. You like don't have to do that anymore. Thank it's, you. By the way, for people who don't know, he did a very robotic well, like arm a, gesture. <laughs> that is me as a nerd. That was your impression of me as a nerd. <laughs> Robot arms. Glasses. <laughs> But yeah, that's how I, I still feel that way. Like when I'm on the apps, when I'm on like swiping on the apps, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, all of these people are gay. I know, isn't that crazy? Like <laughs> so many people are gay. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know why that's a surprise, but it, it's still Which is. I guess is definitely like a, probably a privilege in certain areas. Cause you yeah. know, there's some parts of the country where there's, you go on the app and it's like, okay, Bye. this person is 2000 miles away. No, that's true. That is not the case everywhere. That is a good thing. Yeah. But even I did, a, you know, as my Wikipedia page points out, <laughs> I went to the gay pride parade in, uh, in New York, in, in Chicago, before I came out. It was in like 2019. And I went with like my friends. 2009, right? 2009, yeah. Went to my first pride parade pre-COVID. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was months ago. No, 2009. And it was in Chicago. And like, my friends asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm an ally. I'll go. Of course. But even just, yeah, like being there, being able to like see that, it definitely, like, I sort of knew that coming out, like, there'd be a place for me somewhere. But at that point, it was because like, I'd, I've been hiding behind it for so long. It was just like, it was almost just like the anticipation of having to come out was it had mounted so much by then that it was just, yeah, so scary.
yeah it is it's so scary um but then so like you i guess you came out when you were 21 and then you obviously are graduating did you go did you move right from chicago to new york is that when you started um i guess you've been in new york for a while but i don't know if it was right after college or not yeah i moved so i graduated from college that like you know june and yeah. then spent the summer in chicago um and then moved to new york that fall so you've been in, okay so you've been in new york almost 10 years then yeah that's awesome just past my nine-year mark nine so yeah. we're getting there we graduate we graduate the same year so i'm like i'm like clocking it from that perspective um, right and what has i guess in New York, I, I mean, I haven't, I've never lived in New York, but I've, I've spent a, a little bit of time there. Um, I have to imagine it was like probably a pretty good place for you to like, because I mean, you've been, you had been out, I guess, for like a year at that point. So, um, but New York is probably like a really, has, was probably a pretty good place to like explore, you know, that side of you and start, you know, like dating and like all that stuff. Has that, what was that, what was that experience or that transition for you like? Yeah, I mean, there are there are pretty much no better transition to make than like Chicago to New York. Like it was pretty pretty seamless in terms of like the gay experience. Yeah, similar. It's like yeah, going from like a pretty gay place to an even gayer place. <laughs> it's True. like yeah, but also I think the bigger thing was that I it was because I'd gotten a job at BuzzFeed, yeah. and BuzzFeed was literally the gayest work workplace in new york like it was truly i mean i know a lot of people have probably thought this about certain places but like yeah it was it was probably more difficult to be straight there than it was to be gay <laughs> uh literally everybody was gay and yeah it sort of it was interesting it made it a little easier because I'd spent so much time, especially like senior year of college, like blowing off classes, um, spending so much time on the internet and like Tumblr, especially. And Tumblr was like so gay. So like everybody there was just a full blown freak. <laughs> I feel like I missed a huge part of growing up because I never got into Tumblr. Like I barely even know what it is. You would probably fucking love Tumblr. I know. And that's what makes me so sad. Because <laughs> Tumblr at the time was like super about like fandoms. So everybody was like, there was all of the like Marvel references I that I didn't understand at all. Yeah. Like, you know, you would like sh ship. Do you know what shipping is? No. <laughs> shipping is short for relationship. And it's like when you when you imagine like two fictional characters or real people like in they're like your ideal romance you oh. you like ship them together so people ship Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes can, I was just about to say can I ship myself and Bucky Barnes right now can I do that <laughs> you can That's I think That's I think people yeah the the kind of Bucky the Bucky Steve ship I, yeah. fandom might come That's for a, you. That's a that's a, a no-brainer, that one. Wait, have you but there there's Marvel? literally all of them. Any two people that you can possibly imagine, there is uh yeah. Um have you been I know I was gonna ask you this at the end. I wanted to dive into Marvel with you for a little bit because I know you we both just went through a big rewatch, but I I'm gonna interject this really quick. Have you been watching any of the Marvel shows lately? 
I literally just, I was going to text you and ask for a, a good YouTube, like recap type oh, of place. I got you. I, because I, I, I tried watching Falcon and Winter Soldier and it was like, I, I was having difficulty getting into it. That was when it first came out. And just this past weekend, when I was flying to my, my show in Phoenix, I was like, okay, I'm going to download it. I'll watch it on the plane. And as I was watching it, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck is happening. I need some nerd on YouTube to tell me yeah. what is going on. I have three go-tos. Go okay, good. Um, I watch them. Watching this stuff is like double the time of the actual show because I have to watch that. And then I have to watch three different people recap what I just watched and tell me. Right from all different angles. So yeah, <laughs> that's my Marvel experience. They, they're they literally like as long as the actual episode. 100%, sometimes even longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say the reason I, I bring this up is because I don't know if you've noticed this trend of like cartoon shows now, like having aggressively hot characters in it. Like it's weird how hot these, some of these- Right, are. it's like, you want me to fuck this cartoon. Like, literally, I'm like, so there's this episode of what if, where which is one of the which is the newest marvel show and it's animated and there's this scene where bucky barnes is like in the shower and it's arguably the hottest thing i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm like i need to ship me and bucky barnes right now <laughs> right i'll send you a photo <laughs> yeah yeah now i have to I, that's the best endorsement you could yeah, have given for that show that'll get you to watch it um wow i don't we just went off on a marvel tangent there which is very like me actually now that i think about it <laughs> we were talking about tumblr tumblr is like very yeah nice. it was super gay literally everybody was gay there and i spent like so much time on tumblr and on the internet and like um yeah that's like how i i got my job at buzzfeed initially i was just like an intern i applied to be an intern and i remember at the time buzzfeed was like super new it was still just like cat lists and like super basic stuff and i read somewhere that you could like make a profile on buzzfeed and just start posting and that's how people got hired there just like you know oh, make really? a community profile i remember that i remember those profiles yeah I being able to do that i didn't realize that's like that like could lead to employment they were like I, yeah, I read something in some like timeout New York that was quoted someone at BuzzFeed being like, if you want a job at BuzzFeed, make a community profile. So it's like, okay. And my first post was, I think called Olympic booty appreciation. <laughs> it was like the 2012 Olympics. And it was literally just a compilation of like man speedo ass. This is the kind of highbrow journalism that I went to the Medill School of Journalism to, to get a degree in. <laughs> so literally like the first like community posts that I did at BuzzFeed was just me purely objectifying like hot men. And I got a call from BuzzFeed and they were like, do you want to join like our internship program? Oh, so this was to get up for, this was to get an internship. I thought... I thought you were an intern doing this. No, this was like when I was working at my job, my like desk job in Chicago, I was like making posts on the side and then applying to places in New York. Cause the dream was to like 
write for a magazine in New York. Like that was always my like fantasy. And then BuzzFeed, I was like, oh, I really love all of their stuff and how ridiculous it is, but like they're doing news too. So I can like kind of do it both ways. And then, yeah, they had like a fellowship program. So it was like basically an internship. Uh, and there was like a group of six of us who got hired. Um, but that was like, I wasn't out to anybody else in my family. And I was starting to post stuff like that. And that's when people would be like, wait a minute. <laughs> your brother sends a link to your mom. Like, Yeah. She was, he was like, I don't know. He's been posting some stuff. And then my mom like told my brother and then they were like, we should probably tell dad. And so they told, I was like, you guys just do it. I don't want to do it. You, you tell him and then let me know how it goes. I absolutely chickened out. But he called me it, and it was fine. And when he talked to me, he literally, I mean, cringe in, in retrospect, but he was like, you know, times have changed. Like, you know, we watch Glee. <laughs> that was his, that was his way of being like, it's okay. But I think about that so much just in terms of like, it's very fun to make fun of Glee. We're all terrified of Leah Michelle. Ryan Murphy is a monster, <laughs> a, a genius monster, but a crazy monster. And, but it's like, I don't know, that stuff like shapes the opinion of people and like makes it, makes it so that some FAG like me can come out and his dad would be like, yeah, you know, at least you're not as gay as the kids on Glee. <laughs> We've seen Glee, it's okay. Well, that is true. It is like, I feel like around that time, 2012-ish, is when there was more, starting to get to be more like gay representation on on TV, which I, I, I mean, I have to assume it helped, you know, like in situations like yours where there's more frames of reference and representations of gay characters and stuff and all of that, which I think, you know, contributes to helping normalize it and make it less of like a big deal when people come out, hopefully, you know, not in every, not in every case, but. Yeah. I mean, the scariest thing was always, this goes back to like the free Madonna stuff. It was like the scariest thing was always, it was never like, uh Oh, I'm going to go to hell or like, uh Oh, like I won't be able to marry a, a woman or whatever. It was always like just being different and like standing out too much. Yeah. And I think that was even like initially the fear that like my mom had was like, I'm fine with you being gay. I'm just like worried. Like I'm yeah. worried that you're going to be ostracized or like, you know, that you're going to, my mom loves telling me that men can be raped too. That was the first thing that came out of her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. First of all, that was always, a, I was, a, we're all always at risk of that, no matter how gay or not you are, okay? <laughs> Deborah, second of all, that is honestly your first thought? Jesus yeah. Christ. Parents worry. Sure. Parents worry. But yeah, I was, I was like, that was always more of the concern. And to the extent that a show like Glee or whatever could, could like help make it, make people see like, this is normal. How has it been for you, like now that you are like, you're very out there and like a public figure, you know, like you are performing in front of crowds. Have you found it to be, have you found it to bring more challenges for you? Like, I don't know, is it like scarier to be like putting yourself out there when you have so many people watching and all that? Like, what is that experience like? 
Um, yes and no. I would say, yeah, like after I moved to New York and like started working at BuzzFeed, it was definitely like a clean sort of, I'm starting from scratch in a new city. I don't know anybody here. So I can like fully be the, I can like fully just kind of reinvent and be whoever I want to be. And so that always felt like very natural. I never had to like second guess anything. I was just like fully out mm -hmm. once I was in New York. Uh, and then once I started making stuff, I mean, I guess I got lucky because like the stuff that I was doing at BuzzFeed like got popular. So it's yeah. always easier when it's like, okay, I can take some shit because all these people like me. So you can fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Um, now there's a couple of things like one i don't i don't really think i'm sure a lot of a lot of like performers and public more public people deal with this but like i've never really dealt with like a homophobic audience or like there are some comedians who like you know get like chased out of the town that they're in because wow. they yeah are like too much um if anything, I occasionally will hear, it's never from an audience member, it's always from a fan who is like, by the way, the guy sitting next to me hated you. <laughs> he hated how gay you were. And I was like, okay, I actually wouldn't have known that if you hadn't told me. So thanks, thanks for letting me know. Now you, that's like someone dropped a knife and you picked it up and stabbed me with it. Literally, exactly. <laughs> so, that's happened that definitely kind of happened when i was just in phoenix there was a, another person another comedian there who was like yeah there was a couple of guys near me who really hated all of the gay stuff that you were talking about <laughs> all right well if they know you're going they're going to your show that that's their fault that is the that is the one thing i think i faced though is because i mean yeah it was never like a secret that i was gay but a lot of people know my my comedy from like wine about it and the stuff that I post online. And that was never like explicitly like a gay. I wasn't like really making that many gay jokes. It was more like I was complaining about stuff and getting drunk. And my stand up is definitely like way raunchier and like way more gay. Is it? Yeah. I wouldn't know, I guess, because you just never come to San Francisco. <laughs> okay, yeah. It took you a while to get that dig in, but you got it. As long as you drag me for football captain, I'm going to drag you for SF. Sure, sure. It's a, it's a mutual thing. <laughs> I, I'll come to San Francisco at some point. You can never not have been a football player, so I can fix my problem. That's you deep. can't fix yours. That is deep, for sure. But yeah, I I definitely am like more raunchy, more gay on stage. And if people are just expecting the like drunk wine guy, but then I show up and I'm like joking about blowjobs and anal. Yeah. <laughs> like I I can understand the whiplash maybe, but also like I'm not it's not like I go from being this like masculine straight presenting person on the internet. Like yeah. you knew. Yeah. You, you know what you got yourself into. Right. You bought that ticket. Right. Yeah. And then the other part of it, like 
as a gay like comedian is that there are there's definitely a risk I mean this is true for any type of gay entertainer there's like the risk of being like pigeonholed a little bit of being like you you're only doing gay stuff and that's starting to go away a lot more like you know Lil Nas X is the biggest yeah like performer and is fully gay um but there are definitely a lot of comedians who I think like get kind of labeled as like oh you're a gay comedian yeah and and you can only perform in places like you know Fire Island and yeah what's the other one P-Town Provincetown yeah um do you when you are like coming up with like your sets is that so is that something you keep in mind do you try to mix up or like have a, a specific balance of like gay comedy versus like more straight comedy yeah I mean it's not like here's Matt's like fabulous gay you know <laughs> porn hour <laughs> I, it's yeah, not I like that, that's what the <laughs> want. I'll I, do that just for the San Francisco crowd yes <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a mix. I'm not good though at being like, okay, this audience is going to be a more conservative audience. So I better like rein it in. No, I'm oh, just good. like, good. I mean, as long as it, they get. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you should. You shouldn't have to. One of these days I'll get like burned at the stake. I was but... like, well, as long as your, your safety's not in jeopardy, <laughs> you shouldn't have to. Right. No, I've never been, I've never been threatened. That's good that I know of someone will let me know but that all right so we we're, were talking about in-person stuff what about like online stuff I feel like that's where the trolls really come out right what's that like I never really noticed a big like a big any type of like homophobia like that strongly and maybe I just got used to it like I I've always said like I sort of eased into getting used to comments because when I started at BuzzFeed and I would write stuff and you'd look at the comments, initially the comments would be like, oh, BuzzFeed sucks. Or if you got a bad comment, it'd be like, BuzzFeed sucks. And then as time went on, it would be like, oh, this writer sucks. I've seen his stuff before. And then the more time in the past would be like, Matt Belisai sucks. I hate this guy in particular. But by the time you get to that point, you're like, well, I'm dead inside anyway. So nothing you can say. <laughs> could hurt me <laughs> so that was kind of the trajectory but yeah i'm sure i've given up on reading comments now but i'm sure i've gotten some it was there anything in your coming out experience that looking back on either surprised you for either good or bad like maybe something that you were worried about yeah the, the big one for me was always i was just always afraid of being like the gay one like I was always afraid of that becoming like my dominant trait yeah I've written this down somewhere I I just know like I don't know especially in college like all of the shows that we would watch it's like you know like The Office Oscar I don't know I'm assuming you've seen The Office like Oscar's character being gay, like every joke about him was that like, he's the gay guy. Like that just became the norm. And I love the office and I'll, I'll defend it. Um, but I was just so 
worried coming out that like, this is going to be like my dominant thing. Now this is all people are going to know about me. Like I'll just, I'll be the, any joke that anybody makes about me, like that is what they'll go for. And that, so that's the way it's like, oh, once I come out, this is going to be, everyone will see me just in this way. But then after I came out, I think the surprising thing was like, maybe that's true, but I don't mind it. I actually love that. And now I like embrace it and lean into it. Cause now there are people who are like, why, why do you have to make everything gay? And I'm like, because it's better, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I think that is really great advice. And I'm so happy you said this because it jogged my memory. I, I mentioned earlier that I did, I had a little, I did a little sleuthing moment and I, from your Wikipedia page, it brought me to um, intomore.com, 20 queer questions with Matt Belisai. Um, oh, yes. And this was from back from 2018. And there were two questions. It was actually question 19 and 20 that I thought were like really well said and were related or like were topical for our conversation that we're having. Um, and one of them, I think you just like hit on. So literally question 19 was how much does your LGBTQ plus identity play into your overall identity? And your response was, I think it's a big part now. I was afraid when I was younger that it would be a big part that it, or I was afraid when I was younger that it would be a big part. And now it is, and I'm happier that it is. I love being gay. It's more fun which is almost exactly what you just said. So yeah, I thought, and I think that's so true. It's like, you, you don't, when you're in the closet, you don't, you think that that's going to be something that takes over and you, and, and you think of it as a bad thing. Um, but what, I don't know, I think there's for a lot of people, you know, not for everybody, but for, for a lot of people, um, like similar to what you're talking about, it's like being gay is, it, it can be more fun. And it is something that, you know, it doesn't need to be, you know, I don't need to be defined as it, but I'm so proud of it. And it's like, I want to be gay. Like I had a conversation once with a friend. I was like, if you could press a button and it would like, you could basically go back in your life and be straight to where you are now. Like, would you do it? And we're both like, fuck no. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would not do it. Not like Pete Buttigieg <laughs> who literally at one point was like, yeah, I'd fucking hit that button. Yeah. No fucking <laughs> In chance. front of his husband. I would I would not hit that button. It's like, it, it's interesting how that switches once you actually come out and you're like, wait, no, this is actually a great part of me. And I, and it is objectively more fun. <laughs> um, so Matt, is there any other, are there any other parts of your coming out story that you wanted to share or that we skipped over that you want to make sure we, we cover? I do re recall one of the, uh, one of the important things I felt the important part of the coming out journey was buying a pair of gay underwear. That was one of the first things I did after I came out. I told, yes. I, and by that, can you explain what you mean by gay underwear? So I worked downtown in downtown Chicago, down uh, the street from like the Chicago water tower and like this big Macy's. And it was like the day or two after I came out, I was like, I'm gonna go buy some super gay underwear on my lunch break at Macy's. First of all, the underwear section of any department store, it's a highly erotic area. Yeah, it is the site of many a uh, uh, awakening. 100%. There's no reason that every underwear model on the cover of 
Haynes should be that hot. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I don't know. I guess I'd always worn like boxers or boxer briefs. And I was like, I need a pair of like colorful briefs. That just felt like an important part of like the gay journey. Yes. The beginning of the gay journey. A hundred percent. When I was, I like was very self-conscious about my underwear choice when I was first coming out because I think I was, again, this was before I had moved to SF. I think I was on like about to move here. So it was good that I learned this lesson before I got here. But I remember I was, I was chatting with somebody on Tinder and then it switched to like Snapchat or sending some photos and I, there was a photo of me in my underwear and it was like, it was like, it was me undies. It was like nice quality stuff, but it was like the, the boxer briefs, like the still type of like longer, um, underwear. And he's like, he made some comment about it. He's like, love the photo, but hate the underwear. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. And I remember like, I remember other people talking or like seeing people in their box, their briefs. And I was like, wait, do I need to like, is this something I need to get into? Like, do I need to buy these? <laughs> Um, and so I did. Um, and so that is a big part of the coming out process. It sounds like we're, we're saying. Yeah. I, I am glad that you got bullied out of it. I literally got bullied <laughs> out of it. Yeah. And now I won't wear them unless I'm in my apartment by myself watching TV. <laughs> I mean, Less oh, so you didn't even burn that. You, you should have gotten rid of them altogether. I still have them, still have them but only for those occasions when I'm watching my marbles. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll I'll come out as saying I do have my like comfortable underwear and then my like gay underwear. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of place. Yeah, gay underwear. I mean, underwear is like another layer of clothing Wait, that you like have true. to think about. It is, it's another choice. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so, so much for chatting with us. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, this has been really fun. If your story resonates with people and they wanted to, to reach out um, or just want to see some more of what you're doing, since I already, I started this with the laundry list of amazing things you're, you're working on, um, where, where can they find you? I'm on everything at <laughs> Matt Bellisai, M-A-T-T. I don't need to spell it. Bell ass AI is my last name. Um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I guess. If you if you're gonna on say, that, out, you're gonna leave out. <laughs> I was gonna add it in there for you. <laughs> and then um, and Tumblr. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> posted on Tumblr, but you could go back and see all of the gay shit I used to post. And then my podcast, Unhappy Hour. Yeah. Every Tuesday, I bitch about stuff. He has really incredible guests on, so definitely check that out. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, this has been extremely fun for me. I hope it was fun for you, too. <laughs> um, it was. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If this week's episode resonated with you, please take a second to subscribe and leave a review. You can find Reaching Out with Michael Constable on Instagram and Twitter at Reaching Out Pod, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael Wingsit. Bye bye, see you!